Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wednesday, March 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, he's back from uh, spring training in Goodyear, Arizona, all the way back in Cleveland, getting ready to head out to the season opener in Detroit tomorrow. Hoynes, it's the last day before Major League Baseball. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it's like Christmas Eve. Don't you feel like <laughs> waiting to come downstairs and open his presents? Yeah, I'm sure those players are ready. You know, Terry Francona, everybody. You know, this is a, you know, this is the day. The, you know, if, uh, before you get on the train, and once you get on the train, it never stops for 162 games. So, well, you know, well, think about that. Everybody's happy today. Everybody who's on the club and in Detroit and and ready to go for tomorrow's opener. It's everybody. Everybody's got the same batting average. Everybody's got the same ERA, and and it's. Uh, it, it's that anticipation. It's got to feel great. It's got, it's got to feel, especially for some of the young guys who were on the club for the first time. We saw a social media post from Logan Allen who replied to the Indians uh, main account, and a, a video, a hype video that they put out. And Logan Allen just said, he's so ready. He's got chills. He's, he's so excited. This is his first opening day roster and, and he's got to be out of his mind right now. Yeah. It's, it's always fun that workout before the opening day, you know, they've come through spring training, you know, guys that were in tight competition, you know, they won the job, you know, everyone is, is fired up and ready to go. And, you know, I was talking to a Zach Plesek, uh yesterday, um, not Zach, but the day before yesterday after his final start. And he's, you know, he didn't get a chance to open, uh, open last season because he's got sent down because they needed an extra outfielder, but he was really fired up about, you know, being able to walk on the field for the opening day ceremonies and being part of that opening day club. Yeah, last year, uh, Zach uh, got to watch opening day from his uh, his hotel room or, or wherever he was, uh, not on the field with his teammates. And that is like that that special feeling, like, like you said, for those guys. Uh, another guy like a Tristan McKenzie also will be out there for the first time, uh, you know, standing on the on the foul line, getting introduced and uh, I you just you, you feel great for some of these guys, but you, you also realize that there's a lot that's going to be on these guys, a lot that a lot of pressure that's going to be on these guys to, to sort of produce and sustain what the Indians have, have had going for the last nine years under Terry Francona. Uh, no losing seasons since 2013 and playoffs in what, six of, of eight seasons. I think they've made the playoffs like five times, Joe, in, in the eight in the eight years under Francona and uh, uh, for the last five. And uh, yeah, you're right when, uh, like I I thought what Francona said the other day was once you get to the regular season, it's a totally different animal. You know, it's just, now you're there to win. You know, now you're not getting paid. You know, it's not about getting the guy out of the game when he's feeling good about himself. It's about trying to win. And, uh, 
you know, it, it, it's a completely different feeling. And, uh, you know, you got to really kind of change mindsets really fast as a player and, you know, just grab onto the caboose and hang on because this thing, <laughs> this thing doesn't stop now. Well, and, and we, we both, and all of us, uh, you know, at cleveland.com, we, we put out our season predictions today and we'll get, we'll dive into some of those. We'll get into the weeds of, uh, of that here in, in a second, but uh, you know, with that, with those expectations and, and, and everything that, that comes with it, you, you sort of look at it like these, these guys have been preparing this whole time and they've, they've come to camp ready to go. Uh, the ones that were, that made the roster, uh, you know, basically by showing up, haven't had to, to switch that, you know, flip that switch into to competition mode really quite yet. Uh, we've seen Shane Bieber sort of successfully do it his last couple of outings. Aaron Savali, I guess, yesterday, uh, you know, had a pretty strong day as well. Uh, is there a fear that these young guys, you know, haven't, you know, some of them haven't flipped the switch yet and, and realize that, hey, you know, it starts for real on, on Thursday? Well, the thing is, Joe, I remember uh, CC Sabathia saying this, like when you're a young guy competing for a job, you try so hard to win a job in spring training, you know, that's, that's really your season to get a job. And then when you get to the season, you kind of hit a wall early on and you're sitting there and you're kind of gassed, you know, just from the effort you put forth to make the team. And then you got, it starts all over again. Then you really got to get, you know, kind of recycled and because, you know, you're really competing now. And, and that's sort of a disadvantage that the Indians and maybe the Tigers and the twins sort of have is that, for those young guys to, to hit that reset button when the season starts, you're doing it in April in the Midwest when it's 36 degrees and rainy for some of these starts. And it's not ideal conditions for these guys to be sort of, you know, you know, resetting the, the, the button there and, and, and going. Uh, it's something that they definitely have to overcome. And it's, it's probably one of the reasons why Tito likes to leave some of those guys back off the roster at the beginning of the season you know, let them get their feet under them early and then bring them along. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I always thought they, sh they do spring training backwards. You know, they should train when in Cleveland you know, <laughs> for six weeks when it's raining and snow and cold and miserable to get ready for April and May. And then, you know, then work gradually into the warm weather, but you go from warm weather to, you know, 36 degrees on whatever it's going to be, uh, on uh, Thursday in uh, in Detroit. Well, it just, just reminds me of that scene in the uh, the the seminal '80s film Cool Runnings, or '90s film Cool Runnings, when the Jamaican bobsled team is training and and John Candy puts them uh, puts the guys all in the freezer uh, to simulate <laughs> the cold weather, and uh, the guys have frost, you know, hanging from their beards and all that. Uh, you know, it, yeah, I, I don't think there's any cryogenic chambers in uh, in Arizona. <laughs> open to the Indian uh, Indians players uh, to, to sort of train there. Uh, we do mention yesterday's game in uh, the final exhibition game in Phoenix. Uh, you were there at Chase Field to watch the Indians take on the Diamondbacks in their final spring outing. Uh, Jose Ramirez and Jake Bowers homering in the, what, the first two innings, and then not much in terms of offense after that. But uh, Aaron Savali, another strong outing for the Indians. Yes, Savali pitched well. Uh, probably his one of his better starts of the spring, and he was he did it against a team that really beat him up. Like his his previous start, they scored you know Arizona had scored six runs off off him in like four and two thirds. He went five and a third 
I think yesterday only allowed a run, so, you know, and uh, he got up to about 65, 70 pitches, which was the goal. You know, he had thrown like 90 his last time, his previous time out. So he said he's ready for Sunday start. He feels confident. And uh, yeah, not much offense. Uh, it was encouraging to see Bowers go deep. So in his last two games, he did not leave uh, spring training without an RBI and without a home run. He drove in a run on a Monday and he hit a home run on Tuesday. So I guess that's, he's got that going for him. Yeah. And, and Tito said that he, once he got the news that he, he was going to be on the roster, it looks like he's been a little more relaxed at the plate. And I guess that's what the, Hey, a relaxed Jake Bowers at the plate might, might prove, you know, some sort of positive there. Uh, he's, he's actually, he's gotten on base, you know, via walk pretty consistently throughout the spring. So Maybe there's something to it. Maybe he he takes that and goes with it as the as the season gets underway. Uh, Manual Class A uh, out of the bullpen. Uh, wow, Hoinsey. <laughs> Man. Pumping 102 out of the pen. This guy's going to be a nightmare for some teams. And, you know, Joe, the thing is, like, you know, with Karen Check, he throws hard, but, you know, he's, he's, he's inconsistent. With Class A, you know, you don't see him walk too many people. I mean, like, like Francona said, he almost throws too many strikes where guys get good hacks at him, no matter how hard he's throwing. But, geez, he's been a revelation this spring because this is a guy you got to remember, Joe, and I'm sure you do. You know, he didn't pitch at all last year. He was suspended, missed the whole season, and he's back throwing 102 miles an hour, you know, in uh, on March 30th. I mean, that's just that, that, it blows my mind that he's pumping 102 out of the bullpen on March 30th. And, and that's the, that's the stat cast gun. That's not a spring training radar gun. That's the, uh, that's the, in the ballpark, uh, you know, everyday major league use uh, radar gun there. That's, that's a, an accurate reading. I, I would say. Uh, and and, and one of his previous pitches in that at bat uh, or in that same inning, he was 108 point or one, one Oh one point eight, you know? So he was, he was, he was doing that. He was, he was basically, you know, at that velocity for most of the inning. Right. And, and you're, you're also mixing in a sinker there that, uh, you know, you, you've heard the term, but he's throwing bowling, hundred mile an hour bowling balls out there. Uh, that, that heavy sinker with that, that big drop to it. Uh, he's going to break a lot of bats this year too. Yeah. He's, he's, it's going to be fun to watch. And if this, you know, if he pitches, if he continues to pitch like that and uh, you know, continues to find a strike zone, I mean, everyone thought that Kluber trade was hurt both teams. I mean, they, the Indians come out looking pretty good on this. If if that, if this if this guy is for real and he can you know carry this you know deep into the season. The Talkin' Tribe Opening Day virtual event will take place April fifth at noon, featuring Indians reporters and columnists from Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer. Tickets can be reserved online at Cleveland.com. This year, you can enter to win entry to our VIP experience and get the opportunity to mingle with former Cleveland Indians players. Only 150 tickets are available for the exclusive experience and can be won through our sweepstakes. Register now to win at cleveland.com slash try. Be sure to join Paul Hoynes, Terry Pluto, Joe Noga, and Doug LaMaurice as we get you ready for the home opener at Progressive Field and the rest of the Indians 2021 season. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext. 
get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fans, so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right, well, uh, Today was an opportunity for us with the, you know, the workout day and, and no game going on. We, we were able to put forth our uh, predictions on the season. You saw our, our season predictions in terms of the rest of the league, you know, how the playoffs would, would shake out and uh, what division winners we, we predicted uh, on Tuesday. On Wednesday, uh, Cleveland.com writers, uh, including Paul, myself, Terry Pluto, and uh, Doug Maurice put out our season predictions in terms of the Indians. We always like to give you the uh, projected number of wins that we think the Indians will, will land on and, you know, where they'll end up, if they'll make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, what they'll do uh, in the postseason. So uh, let's just start with, uh, with our win totals. I mean, Hoinsey, what, what did you pick for the Indians for a win total uh, heading into um, the 2020 season, uh, assuming a 162 game schedule? Yeah, I, I'm. I picked. I went. I went with uh, 85 and 77, Joe. I think they continue. You know, that would be uh, Francona's ninth straight winning season in Cleveland. I think that continues. Uh, but I, I, I picked them for a third place finish in the Central, and I do not think they're going to make the postseason. I just uh, the offense concerns me. I think there's just too many holes in that offense. It's not, you know, we saw that we saw that we saw it struggle last year, and I don't think it got better. You know, I don't see the improvement from last year's team with the, you know, the the subtraction of uh, Lindor and and uh, Santana. I don't think you've really replaced those guys with offensive forces. No, and uh, you know, offense uh, or a lack of offense was a theme uh, as well in in mind. You know, we like to hear, or we hear Terry Francona like to. Uh, talk about competing all the time. You know, he's, he says, you know, you know, this happens, this happens, but whatever, but we're still going to compete. We're still going to go out there and compete. That's a theme that uh, Francona always offers uh, when he talks about his team. Uh, and I think that they're going to continue to compete. Uh, I had him for 87 wins uh, and a third place finish in the division uh, also missing the playoffs, but sort of similar to the 2019 season. I thought they would keep sort of one foot in that playoff wild card race 
uh, right up until maybe the last couple of weeks of the season. Um, you know, in 2019, we saw them head into Washington, the final series of the yeah. of the year, and and they were pretty much out of it already. You know, and that's the those were the first real games in almost five years that the the Indians had played without a chance to be in the playoffs. That's where where they were like meaningless games. Not that any game is ever meaningless, but but you know they were a, a game where you're not playing for a shot to make it to the, the postseason. Uh, I think there might be a, a full month of that, uh, you know, or or you know a few weeks of it at least uh, in in the towards the tail end of this season. But really, what that doesn't give the Indians is maybe a chance like other teams that are going to miss the playoffs, where you know they sort of cut bait earlier, maybe in August or uh, September. And, you know, they try to develop their young guys. The Indians have, as we've seen, a whole mess of young, talented position players that are going to need work and going to need time at the, at the major league level. When you're competing for the playoffs, that's tough to do. It's going to be tough to work in an Owen Miller or a Tyler Freeman, give them regular at bats, you know, if they're still trying to push for the playoffs. Uh, so, so where do those guys get at bats this year? Where do those guys get their chance to show that they're major league ready? Yeah. I mean, Joe, I guess they've, they've got a way, you know, they'll, you know, I, I, we haven't seen a roster that's going to the, the extended, uh, training camp, uh, yet. I thought it was going to be released today, uh, but I, I would bet Miller and Freeman are on that. So they'll get some games there and then probably at the triple A season when it starts, hopefully in May, hopefully there's no more, uh, you know, delays, so they'll, they'll get their at-bats there. And then, you know, the thing is, you know, when you think about uh, the Indians signing uh, Rosario and, uh, and uh, uh, Hernandez to one-year deals, you know, the one-year deal is the greatest thing in the world for general managers because if they decide to pull the uh, ripcord here on the season, you could trade those guys, open some spots up, and, and, you know, create some openings for a Miller or, or a Freeman or somebody, or maybe a George Valera or, uh, you know, or Harold Ramirez or, you know, Mercado or, or Zimmer out in the outfield. Uh, well, it, it's interesting that you bring up two names there, uh, Rosario and Hernandez. Those are the, the veteran guys. It, it, if, and also, you got to throw maybe Jose Ramirez in there as well because don't, don't forget, Jose Ramirez, they have no commitment to Jose Ramirez beyond this season. Uh, they have options that they can pick up that I believe are, you know, $12, $13 million uh, beyond this year, but they're not committed to uh, him beyond that. So he's also a, a trade possibility. So those are three guys right there who, you know, as we stand on the precipice of the 2021 season, what do you, uh, all three of them, one of them or two of them, uh, how many do you think are, are with the Indians uh, maybe by September or what was the, the trade deadline is July 31st, right? So yeah, by, the, July, by the beginning of August. You know, oh man. I, well, obviously it depends how they're playing. If, like you said before, if they're winning, if they're in a the race, everybody stays because you know, Antonetti, that's their uh, MO. They're going to compete until, you know, it's kind of a, a lost cause, you know, so they're going to stay in it as, as long as they feel they've got a chance. If they don't have a chance, you know, I, I can't see them trading Ramirez. I, I just think he's the best deal in baseball. Even if they pick up one of his options or, you know, I mean, he, it's just, you know, he's a bit, I, I don't know. You have to, you know, you have to, if you're a big league team, 
you've got to have something that attracts fans, some guy that attracts fans, you know, that keeps the balls in the air. If you're a juggler, you know, you're juggling, you're, you're entertaining and behind the scenes, that's when you're rebuilding your team. You need somebody like Ramirez on your club that, that is going to put butts in the, in the seats, or at least, you know, make you a respectable team. Well, you've got, you've got Shane Bieber. So once every five days, you can, you can roll Shane Bieber out there and, and, you know, bring fans in, but, uh, but you're right. Jose Ramirez leaving uh, Jose Ramirez being traded would, would really signify uh, sort of a, a total yeah. strip down of everything. You're raising and, a white flag if, if you do that. If, if you trade Jose Ramirez, then you have to trade uh, Cesar Hernandez and Eddie Rosario. You've got to trade all of them. Those three guys have to go, and you've got it, like you said, bring in. Nolan Jones gets his shot. Yeah. Owen Miller or, uh, you know, a Gabriel Arias or somebody gets their shot in, at second base. And then in the outfield, uh, what are you going to you're going to give George Valeris? Is he still 19 years old? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Is there any other outfield in, in my mind? Yeah, you, so. you would stick out there. I, I you know, I, I don't know. They, they really don't have a young outfielder that. Well, you, you probably bring back Mercado or, or yeah. Bradley Zimmer and, and give yeah. them a shot at, at that point. But OK, so as we're standing here predicting what's going to happen during the season, either they're going <laughs> to they're going to go all the way and still be competitive all the way through September or. It's the fire sale before uh, August first, and uh, you're, you're, it's it's got to be those three guys. There, there's there's got to be something. Um, and <laughs> boy, try explaining that to the, the Cleveland Indians fan base that you're that you're cutting <laughs> well, you loose know, Jose Ramirez. What Joe like? Uh, you know what? What do they say? The best uh, indication of future future injuries is past injuries. You know when you're you're judging a player. I mean, so. The best, you know, if you're if you're evaluating a franchise, the best evaluation of a franchise is what they've done in the past. And mm-hmm. you, we know what the Indians do in the past. Right. They, they right. trade these guys when when they get too expensive, and or they, you know, they trade them when when they feel the time is right. So, you know, if if this if this season goes south, uh, you know, I think anything is possible. I mean. The other thing you could do, and in, in regards to Jose Ramirez, is announce right now that you're picking up both of those options and have some sort of cost certainty as you sort of reformulate. And if you're going to now, I know the pandemic has screwed up everybody's finances. The Indians, in particular, were very hard hit. But that would be a way to, you know, just pick up both of those options. Say we've got you for, you know, 12 million this year, 13 million next year with. Uh, you know, all the buyouts and everything that are, are picked up um, and and know what you've got. So then you can start building towards that, that Shane Bieber extension maybe and know what you're going to be committed to and, and know whether or not you're going to pick up uh, a Roberto Perez's contract, something like that. It, it, it would give you cost certainty uh, even though you don't really know what your finances are going to be at, at that point. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. I, I, geez, I don't know if they would do that. I don't, you know, I don't know if they would, but, but that, you know, that, that makes sense almost that, that really, I like that idea. Once in a while, once in a while, I come up with a gem. And you keep that, that core, at least you have somebody that's going to sell tickets and and you can build. And just the fact that you're not going to get a guy with Jose Ramirez's talent and track record for just 13 million. I mean, yeah. If he were on the open market right now, Jose Ramirez would be making well over that and, He's he's easily the the best value in baseball at this point. 
All right. Uh, we wanted to yeah, mention Nolan Arenado, somebody like that. Well, uh, again, Nolan Arenado is going to be making how much money for the next ten years, and there's there's just they had to they had to pay uh, St. Louis. The Rockies had to pay St. Louis to take him. That's that's how much the Rockies couldn't handle that. Um, before we get going, wanted to mention uh, the All Star Game controversy. Not controversy yet, but uh, planned for Atlanta at midseason this year. Um, there's talk about possibly you know exploring a move, uh, pulling the All Star Game from Atlanta. Uh, based on what the Georgia State Legislature did in enacting some pretty restrictive uh, voter um, laws, uh, voting laws, and, and uh, stuff like you can't give water to people waiting in line to vote, and, and just some crazy stuff that, that is seen by many as, as pretty restrictive, uh, almost hearkening back to, we've heard, uh, Jim Crow era laws uh, that you know, have really caused a, a, a bit of controversy. And we've seen other major sports leagues uh, come out and do stuff like this, uh, pulling all-star games. The, the NBA, a prime example, they pulled the, the NBA all-star game a couple years back from uh, North, North Carolina after the state legislature there enacted a, um, a bathroom law regarding transgender rights. Uh, just, Hoinsey, your thoughts on, you know, if, if that's something that Major League Baseball should be getting into or if it's a possibility, if it's going to happen, and, and what the the alternatives could could be. Yeah, I think you know, ma Major League Baseball has made a commitment. Uh, you know, after George Floyd, you know, after the death of George Floyd last year, they they really made a, a major commitment, team by team, and, and as a league, to a social justice, to a advancing social justice. And if this is you know, this is this is what you if you do that, this is the kind of you know, uh, issue you meet head on. And I, I think you, you, you almost have to pull out of Atlanta. If, uh, you know, the Georgia went from red to blue this year, um, um, you know, that, that's one, one of the states that swung the, the presidential election. And, um, you know, if, if you are true to, to your beliefs from, as, as a major league baseball, as a league, you know, then you have to do that. I think that's, that's a requirement almost. And, and understand it's it's less of a, a political thing and more of a social justice thing. It's, you know, you're disenfranchising, uh, you know, a, a minority groups, groups that are underserved to begin with, uh, with these laws that have been, been enacted. And that speaks directly to what Major League Baseball has been trying to do and has been trying to improve upon. And this is, like you said, this is the time for them to put their money where their mouth is. I would would absolutely like to see, and I think the uh, the Players Association president, uh, um, Tony Clark, uh, he uh, came, you know, came out and said, you know, he he would welcome a discussion about this. Uh, I think it would be something that that the league definitely has to get uh, get done, and you know, maybe maybe they go back to Los Angeles, uh, where the the Major League Baseball All Star Game was supposed to be played uh, last year, but was canceled because of the pandemic. Uh, or maybe they find some other place uh, that's that's worthy. Me, hey, go play it in Vegas. That'd be a. <laughs> isn't that what the NBA did? Didn't the NBA play it in Vegas on the the year that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm, don't, I'm almost certain that that's what. But happened. you know, these the All Star games are planned like three, four years in advance. Maybe you skip Atlanta and go to the next city. But I don't know if they would be ready. It takes a long time to get for a city to get ready for for an All Star. Game. Come on, you saw in Cleveland. It was it was no. It was it was the no brand. Think about that though. 
it, Cleveland was the last all-star game, right? The most recent all-star game. Right. And we put on a show, man. We, that was, we, that was, it was one of the best all-star games that they've ever had uh, just in terms of the, the, the things that were offered to the fans that were able to come. So uh, it'll definitely look different in a pandemic. All right, back to Cleveland. MLB loves Cleveland. They love holding the All-Star game in Cleveland. Oh, the yeah. city's just balling up. Yeah. Bob DiBiazio's head wouldn't explode <laughs> if you made that announcement. Get Bieber to win the MVP again? That'd be cool. Oh, that was all a right. great All-Star game. All right, Hoinsey, tomorrow it uh, it all starts. Uh, it's for real. Uh, at this time tomorrow as we record uh, in the 1 o'clock hour. Uh, looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to another year on the beat uh, with you and working with you and, and bringing the Indians to uh, all of our listeners and all of our fans uh, here in Cleveland and across the world. You, you got anything, yeah, Joe, man? Joe, I mean, it, it you know, it, it seems like it'll never end when you play 162 games. You know, it starts with tomorrow, but you snap your fingers and it's you're 150 games in. It, it goes so fast, you know, so that's the cool thing about baseball all right we'll look forward to it and we'll talk to you uh as the season progresses hoinsey uh talk to you then all 